Welcome back to The Beats with Kelly Kennedy, where from my heart to yours, my goal is to help you understand this amazing innate intelligence that you have inside you that does all the healing for us so that you do not have to live in a world of fear, which I grew up in, fear of, am I going to get it? Fear of, if I get it, am I going to die? And having no idea how to actually prevent it. For me, that was cancer today in 2021, in which we're recording this. This has become viruses, bacteria, and many other things, because there doesn't seem to be a lot of knowledge about our immune system. Well, here on The Beats with Kelly Kennedy, we are here to help you understand and engage your innate intelligence, your autonomic nervous system, the thing in the body that heals. And today, one of my favorite guests, Desiree Desfong, the creator of the amazing Flow Prezzo, is here to discuss stress. And my question to you is, how stressed are you? Because it's not a matter of stress. It's a matter of how stressed are you and how much have you normalized your level of stress? And are you able to really engage the deep healing uh, aspect of the body known as the parasympathetic? Do you sleep well? Can you sleep well? And what does that really do to our bodies if we don't sleep well? How, what does stress physiologically do to our bodies? And how can we possibly overcome that stress and allow the body to sleep and heal. That's what we're going to be discussing today on the beats. I know you're going to enjoy this one. Please do hit the notification button if you don't already. Make sure you subscribe to the beats so you know that when we're here giving all of our heart to you on how the body really works, you don't miss a beat. Ha! Have a great day, everybody. Much love. Welcome back to the Beats with Kelly Kennedy here at Not Meds, naturally oriented therapist, medically enlightened doctors and specialists. And I'm very blessed because I get to travel around the world, meet amazing practitioners and brilliant scientists who are my colleagues and my friends. And then I get to bring them all to you for you to really begin to understand how the body works. And truly from our heart to yours, we get to do that. And last week you got to hear from Erasmus whom you know is the heart of my podcast. And you also know I talk a lot about this other piece of equipment called Flow Prezzo. And so you get to hear from the creator of Flow Prezzo, Desiree Desfong, one of my best friends, my sister on the other side of the equator. And it's a very different day for her even. We're actually fast forwarding time. She's in a whole other day and time right now. And we have asked her to talk a little bit more about Flow Prezzo. It's been a year now that we've been talking about it here at the podcast. And we wanna make sure you deeply understand the, what the goal really is for us with Flow Prezzo. So welcome Desiree, we're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me again, Kelly. It's always an honor and a privilege. <laughs> and so fun. And we've taught some classes together this last year. She's been on the Lymph Summit and she's really also been working her little hiney off in research. And hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that today. But in the last year and a half, we've, since it's been launched, um, the amount of reactions and the amazing things that have happened have blown my mind. I don't know about you, but during when the rest of the world is shutting down, we can hardly keep up with what's going on. And I think that's been a blessing at some level because COVID 
has brought a lot of people's attention to health. But what both Desiree and I saw coming down the pike years ago was that while we were addressing people's health in one way, there was something that we were missing and that was putting people into a deep state of relaxation and amongst many other things. But I wanna let her tell a little bit about that and how we got to where we are and maybe a little bit down the road about research. But in your, one of the things we've talked about the other night was the pandemic was one sort of stressor you know, the virus was one level of stress. And then it became like multi-layered stress because it was the stress of quarantine, the stress of not working, the stress of wearing masks, the stress of being limited and all of that. And what we've both seen is that's really plagued people's stress in general. So I really want to talk about stress today and what stress does and what that means because there's positive stress and there's negative stress. It's all stress though. So what is your, what's your definition of stress? Well, stress is multi-layered because um, you can have the stress of running to get to a meeting on time, or you can have prolonged stress where a series of events over time have impacted on your ability to what we call regulate, which is the ability to adapt between fight, flight and relax. And we're seeing more and more that um, people are adapting and learning to cope or with their environmental stresses. And then often a comment is I'm overwhelmed. And that's your first indicator when someone comes into clinic that they're going, I'm overwhelmed. You know that they've normalized a series of events in their lives of stress that's just multiplying to a point where they're actually on edge. And that's concerning because to me that's, and we see it in heart rate variability, you know, that's where they, um, we start to identify they're going into health issues. And, um, you know, it was interesting last year, part of, you know, when you're putting branding and stuff together, you do a little bit of work behind that. And I was talking to a guy in the Australia and they said before COVID, they had done a study and they'd identified three major issues. One being that people in Australia didn't feel safe. They didn't feel like they belonged. And they also did their self-esteem was obviously really struggling because of a lot of that. And then COVID hit. And then a whole nother series of safety issues came in. People didn't feel like belong because we were separated from families. We couldn't hug each other. We couldn't, you know, we, even our colleagues, it was just something you couldn't do. And so you're what we call now in New Zealand, which is family. So that's not just your biological family. It's the who you identify as your family was no longer available to you. So you started to question, who are you? Why are you here? And then of course our self-esteem is impacted by that. So that was, you know, if we were having that stress before COVID and then this occurs, I mean, we've had to relearn how we work. We've had to relearn how we engage with people. I mean, I haven't been able to get to the States for what, two years now? And uh, coming up two years in November, I was with you, oh, remember? And yeah. Oh. And so, you know, the thing is, is stress compounds and that's the concern. And I think what people don't understand, and, and you know, we're going to talk about autonomic, you know, nervous system and, and what that actually means to people in a layman's way. But for me, it's more about understanding that human physiology is incredible. We'll normalize stress. 
and we'll find a way to physically adapt to that stress. But really in the background, things are starting to fall apart in the body. And, you know, through the whole Flopreso thing and our studies and why, why we try our change the way we were going with this therapy was due to the assessments we did in a study last year. It was just after COVID and we were working with first responders and watching the uh, reality of the nerve express that we're using as the diagnostic for heart rate variability was that they were more stressed lying down than they were standing up. They were 45 to 48 year old men that were, uh, you know, looking at a physical score of 70. And that was their autonomic function. And it became a real reality of, wow, on the surface, I mean, these guys were highly trained, you know, they were the elite, they were at the top of the, the, the range, and they looked physically fit, and they were adapting and coping, but their body wasn't. And I think this is the reality out there is we are overwhelmed, stressed. I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to a number of people here in New Zealand. We are more busier now than ever. Like, find, But companies that are absolutely running big to cope with the amount of workload, which we never predicted in a pandemic that we would be busier. And so now you've got all these people trying to adapt to a new normal, but also trying to adapt to the stress of their environment. And what happens, as you've seen in clinic all the time, we get to a point where the body goes, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And that's why, you know, for me, it's getting people to understand that. Well, you know, and I want to make this more of like a conversation than me just asking you questions, but it, it brings me up to like over the last I don't know when it was three or four weeks ago, we had a practitioner friend of ours come out. He was dealing with a symptom that drove him to Dr. Caratola because he, it was a, a tongue problem, a dysautonomia, a, a dystonia rather. And when he had come to the center and he is familiar with Flopreso and he's done it before and so on and so forth. But when he came to the center, when he got here and by the third hour, he had done a flow prezzo, he had done a node release with Sarah, he had done an hour of emotional work with Ian, he laid on my table to do sound the soul and he goes, I'm literally now feeling the layers of stress that I was under, that I had normalized. He, he had been living by coastal for about a year during COVID, he was moving his family to the water instead of Manhattan he had all these layers of stress that like you said he was managing at some level and this isn't just him I've seen this on so many clients this was just a it because he's so aware it was interesting what he said he was like literally I thought I was relaxed when I do a flow prezzo but then I went to Sarah's room and did node release and I got even more relaxed and then I went to Ian's room and did emotional work and now I'm even more relaxed by the time we got done with sound the soul he could, he was like concerned to walk. Like he was that relaxed. And it was like four or five hours later that he actually drove home because we went and had dinner and different things. And he was like, I really didn't realize how high I was vacillating until I started to come down. And I think when you go from here to there, for those that aren't watching, like above my head to like my eye level, it feels great. But the reality is what was natural was down at my shoulders perhaps. And, it's, and, and I think that's so understandable that we do get, like if I have a, a stone in my shoe and I'm on a long mile walk and they're all laced up, I might like walk a little bit funny with a stone in my shoe for a little bit of time. 
And then if I do that for long enough, all of a sudden I'm going to have a permanent limp and and I'm not going to be aware necessarily because it was so gradual. So how do you help people see how stressed they are? Well, some of the indicators are obviously not sleeping well. You know, that's one of the first things we start to see is the quality of someone's sleep starts to change because they're kind of like they're switched on. They can't switch off. That mind talk keeps going. They're worrying. They're overthinking. They can't detach from a situation. So in other words, you're in it rather than external. I mean, I've got a had a client yesterday in and she's just had three flow preso sessions. That's all we've done with her. A lot of trauma, a lot of... Um, you know, been under a lot of stress and wasn't sleeping well, had anxiety. Um, you know, she even had uh, physical issues where she couldn't get full range of motion in her arms because of the stress she was holding. We put her in the first session um, and it's barely two minutes in and the tears start rolling down her eyes. And the first thing she said to me, because she's not very big on body work, it was quite a thing for her to come in. And it was only because she knew of me that she was, you know, the safety factor. And the first thing she says is, I feel safe. Mm -hmm. And she says, I haven't felt safe for so long. And then the next time I saw her, she said, I actually drove myself an hour and a half to go and see my son and drove back. I haven't been able to do that for a long time. And I got a sense of calm that I haven't felt for a long time. After the second session I saw her yesterday, she's got full range of motion of her arms. She has the ability to now step back from everything and, and see it for what it is. She said her sleep's improving where she can now wake up and she'll start to think about things, but she controls it and she settles down and goes, I can worry about that tomorrow. And now she's starting to go back to sleep again. So all these things are pivotal because, I mean, we all need our sleep, right? And But it's one of the biggest things that's impacted on us the minute we start to dysregulate. It's like our body doesn't know day to night. Heart rate. We see a change in their heart rate. It starts to go up and um, and that's your new normal. So instead of resting heart rate, um, I'm the, sorry, I mean the resting heart rate is another indicator. But it's also that, you know, um, honestly, it's the overwhelmed when people are over, you know, like I've got to do this, I've got to do that. I need to have this, I need to do that. And, you know, they, they keep going, I'm good. Every time you ask them, how are you? I'm good. Well, or I'm, I'm good fine. I'm that's fine. Good. I'm fine, I'm good. I'm fine, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like this short answer, like, I'm good. Like, don't ask yeah. me again. <laughs> yeah. And those are some of the indicators. But, you know, when you start to, um, you know, and then you start having, you might start having digestive issues to start with and then skin issues and, you know, and then we start, and headaches is another thing. You know, you, you know, that's my, it's always like the body's trying to tell you something all the time till you get to a point, but we'll keep, re, you know, sorry, we keep, we keep trying to normalize this change in our body and think it's okay because, you know, I'm stressed. It's okay, I'm stressed. It's okay, I'm stressed, but I'll keep making it work. And, you know, look at both of us, you know, every now and then we have to be reminded ourselves, you know, we have to be um, constantly informed of balance and we're in the field. Yeah. of the knowing how important it is and how self-care is vital but the, and so you know when people understand it's not just them it's not it's not a it's not a just a you it's everyone has to find true balance and autonomic function is the key for us to find out how balanced you are 
and, and I would say too, that, you know, it's like I had dogs for years and I'm sure when you came to visit me all those times, you walked to my house and was like, Hmm, they have dogs. As soon as you walked in. And then we had a year and a half where we didn't have a dog. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's so nice to not have the hair and all that stuff. And even though we have a dog now that supposedly is hairless, you know, doesn't shed, I walk in the house and I smell the dog. I don't notice the dog until you remove the dog. And then I bring it back and that's when I notice it. So I find that people are stressed until you de-stress them. And then they bring that stress back and that's when they become aware of it, like you were saying. And it's the layers, like it gets layered on. You got to unlayer it as it got layered on. So if you think you're de-stressed, like anytime I get on a body work table to do like typical flow technique, massage, what we do, most practitioners are like, can I have two hours with your body instead of an hour? Cause that's a lot of work you need done. And it's like that first hour. And I've always said this since I've been getting massage since I was 23 years old, I will not do a massage for less than an hour and a half, an hour and a half or more, because that first hour is just getting me to relax. And then that next half hour is the therapeutic work on a neck or a shoulder, whatever the issue is. But most people do an hour massage and call it a day because they're not understanding how much layering there is. Cause just like we layered on the stress, we got to unlayer the layers of stress. Right. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, I mean, stress is a reality. And as you said, there's good stress and there's bad stress, you know, like there, it drives us to do change it, it. You know, it can be exciting. Some of the stress, cause you know, where it's like the butterflies when you go in to do like a podcast like this, you know, we kind of get all, Ooh, you know we're introducing something different in the world and and so for me there is the, the good stress but I think it's I think it's the disconnect that worries me is that so many people are disconnected from their bodies there's not a lot of awareness and I think that's one thing I've seen with Flo Prezzo and in, in our research was all of a sudden people started having awareness around their body even down to so as you know our analogy is it has to feel like a good hug not a blood pressure cuff squeeze people even identifying with that, like some people struggle to actually understand what that means. And that no pain, no gain thing, like, no, we don't want pain because that will cause your fascia or your connective tissue to restrict. And then we're not getting the same outcome. We actually don't want you to suck it up and deal with it. We want you to have awareness. And it astounds me the lack of body awareness at the moment. It's almost like if you could visually see it, my physical body's here, but my spiritual or I don't know, my emotional body is here. It's yeah. like they're not synced at the moment. And, and, and that is probably coming from a place of trauma, um, you know, because of the fear and everything that's gone on. I mean, you know, there is that kind of disconnect to cope. But it's, it's probably the most um, concerning thing I see in the world right now is that, and, and they're predicting mental health crisis in the world by next year. They predicted that before COVID. Right. So your mental health can come also from a highly stressed person. The anxiety that comes with that adrenal behavior where you're constantly feeling like, you know, you're attached to a power supply and you're shaking and stuff. So that's, you know, for me, you know, the anxiety that's existing in the mental health, it's all, it's, it's all compounded around a lot of the fact of, 
you know, if we had safety as an issue before COVID, if we if we had a belonging issue before COVID, you know, like, you know, to heal someone, you have to bring so many factors. And by getting them to understand how their environment, so whether it's food, Wi-Fi, emotional relationships, et cetera, even family, what it is around you that actually triggers your stress because those are the kind of things that we want them to identify with as well so that we can put you in the suit and give you this happy place and bring you down to a different awareness. But it's also important you have an awareness to the triggers and to what's going on so that you can try and maintain regulation because, you know, in the perfect world, we'd have a pill, we can fix everything, wouldn't we? But we don't. So we've got to you know, allow, empower the person to understand that they too have a very important role in this to identify those. When um, I interviewed Dr. Martoni the other day, and this is one of my favorite quotes ever, and he said this when I met him as well, and I can't remember who said it originally, but the quote is, and I'm paraphrasing, I could have it a little off, but it's something to the effect of, you cannot medicate what has become a behavior you cannot medicate your way out of behaviors that's what it was you cannot medicate your way out of behaviors and stress and how you know we cannot control the world but we can control our reaction to the world we can control our um responses to the world instead of having a reaction we can have a response which is being in the present moment and responding a reaction is allowing the body to take control without having presence of mind right and i think about what you said in regards to the trauma and i think the disconnection to be honest with you is the trauma i think the society has and the concept of society is taking us away a little bit from that connection to earth, to the planet, to the fact that the ant that's crawling out in front of my window right now is just as deserving to be on this planet as I am, it is the disconnect that we've had, which has caused this trauma. And it makes me think about I learned this long ago. And, you know, when somebody's in a car accident, even if it's a fender bender, that it's been known that their soul actually leaves their body and snaps back in it, that you actually are considered to have a heart attack at the moment of impact. And Ian brought me back to this because he was in a T-bone car accident a few years ago. And he said he literally saw himself on the side of his body come back in. And I said, well, I totally felt that for years after the car accident. Like I was not here. I was out here. And I think the trauma that you're speaking of is this disconnection from who we are that really does make it almost like there's this physical entity and this vibrational entity, and they're not really in coherence together. And for me, that's the real healing is bringing that together. So we have that self-awareness so we can maintain control of ourselves, regardless of what's going on around us. The whole sky can be falling and Desiree and I are sitting there going, oh, look, the sky's falling because we did our flow prezzo this week. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that we saw in the research um, that we did with the first responders was what was fascinating being that they're in that kind of high stressed environment all the time was from a cognitive point of view was actually being able to uh, step back and assess the situation very differently. So of course then how they manage that 
especially with people that are, you know, acting out or, you know, um, you know, causing trouble within society, being able to have the ability to just step back, take a breath and assess it for what it is and then manage it differently. And, and that's some of the feedback we've had that they've actually been able to uh, not be in it and externally observe it. And I think, you know, that's huge in itself, right? If we can actually step back, like you say, watch the sky fall, then we're not so much getting caught up in the actual, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to, how am I going to do that? And you're like going, actually, hang on, take a breath. You know, what's what's the logical way of dealing with this? And, you know, emotions are running really high in the world right now. It's, it's a little bit scary in the sense of, um, I feel like it's disempowering everyone. And the sense of a lot of, um, whether it's political, or social or whatever, there's a lot of, um, you know, stuff where I'm, that's being spoken of that is concerning for me because, you know, my thing is if everyone in this world is meant to be an individual within a community. So we want to embrace the individual here. And, you know, we had this thing with this horrific shooting here in New Zealand last year, and it was just the most, um, the biggest thing we've ever had here. I know, you know, these horrible things happen in the States, but we had never had it here. And, you know, it came out of it, it was in a mosque here in Christchurch. And, um, and one of the things came out of it all is we are all one because everyone came together, no matter what creed, color, etc. And that's what is needed in the world right now is individuality um, and empowering someone. And if you're disconnected, you're not in the heart of who you are. And, you know, we use the sounds of soul to try and bring someone back into their heart as well, because if I can't identify who I am and why I'm here on this earth and what, what, what is the characteristics and values I bring to this world and therefore embrace, and therefore that gives me connection to my purpose or soul or the energy of why I'm here, then I'm always not going to feel like I belong. And the belonging to me is not just necessarily community, it's belonging to self and the sense of, we call it the wider, the two rivers of, you know, one can consider as the personality, you know, who you are, why you're here, and the sense of um, the person that you are, and then your purpose and, and what that brings. And we, we marry them up as one, which is then the connection for us from a spiritual point of view. And for me, if you're so stressed and disconnected, you can't have that connection to self. And even these, you know, so some of the New Zealand police that we've put through, for example, you know, these are armed defenders squad, big strapping guys, you know, and, you know, even they say, oh my God, it's just nice to have 40 minutes to recenter, reconnect, and just have that moment um, where I can de-stress and, and, and just come back to self. You know, they don't use those words so much, but that's what they're trying to explain is it's a pause. It's the pause in life to remember who you are, why you're here, and the sense of, and I don't mean that so philosophically, it's just that body awareness, I'm here, I'm okay, I've got this, I've got the skills, I've got the ability, I believe in me again, you know, and that's a big thing to say that this unit's doing that, but is it just because we're wrapping you, holding you, keeping you warm, engaging that autonomic change where you can just go, oh, and that's what then creates the environment to allow you to reconnect to self. You know, there's so many things you just brought up that I want to talk about, but I'm going to end, I'm going to start with where you ended, which was the, oh, 
And in the beginning of that, you started talking about how disconnected people are, that the body awareness. And, and I found the same thing that as we started to sell flow prezos and I started to train other um, clinics on how to put somebody on a flow prezo, I was like, so you really have to work with the people to get them to understand what you're trying to accomplish. And because we heard it all the time, okay, we start on a scale of zero to 20, we start you at threes, put them at threes, they go, okay, I'm good. Well, you know, you can customize 10 different aspects. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's like they, they almost don't know what it's like to be truly cared for. And, and it's that disconnection from, I don't know. So then we started to call out the areas of the body that were inflating so that they could start to connect it. Okay. How's your foot now? How's your ankle now? How's your knee now? And I find oftentimes there's a processing that is severely delayed that I'm in a 10 section area, the first round, I might only be able to ask them for about three sections because by the time it's off the knee and I've asked them about the knee, it's up to the higher abdomen when they're answering about how the knee was because it's take a minute to process it. She's shaking her head for those that aren't list that those are listening an acknowledgement of yes, exactly. That's exactly what she sees. And I think that's so important to understand that like I've been doing this meditation where you're supposed to squeeze your feet, relax, squeeze your calves, relax, squeeze your thighs, relax. And I've talked to every single medical doctor and chiropractor I've come across in the last seven months to go, can you squeeze just your calf muscles by themselves? Because I am unsuccessful at doing this after seven months. And they actually said it's one of the hardest areas to separate out and segment out. And I thought, that's so interesting to me because when I was taking massage classes and I learned about the gastrocnemius muscle being in the shape of a heart and the soleus muscle underneath the heart and how it relates to the vagal nerve that controls everything in your body, I remember calling you and going, so isn't it interesting, the soles under the heart and the calf? And I find it very interesting that I am struggling to connect with just that one part of my body by itself. And I, I just want to bring everybody's awareness to that. I mean, I don't have any answers for that. It's just something to call out. The other thing that brings my, that I want to talk about is the pause. You know, stress, the, 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 be, the ability to respond versus react is training under stress. And your first responders, much like my husband, who's a combat ranger medic, was trained under very extremely stressful conditions so that at any time, if they found themselves, much like your husband, I'm sorry, I keep calling him your husband, by the way, would you guys hurry up? Because I keep, for the last year, Steve is just your husband. So um, your fiance, your, he was trained in the same way. Like they're trained are these very highly stressful conditions so that when they find themselves having to make decisions in a stressful, they can have the presence of mind because they're not worried about their survival necessarily. Well, and then I, I think about all the work that we've learned in regards to Wim Hof breathing and hot, cold therapies and all that. It's the same thing. It's getting the body under stress, under stressful conditions so that we can still relax under that stressful condition and then properly respond. And as you're talking, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, flow prezzo 
is the way to accomplish that the person that doesn't want to go to these extremes and be a combat ranger medic or go into ice baths but they're able to be able to with the behavioral habits start to connect start to have that body awareness and and begin to see the layers of stress and and don't judge that stress please don't don't judge where you're at with any of that we we beg of you just accept it and then start to make changes in your life so that doesn't keep happening for you. Yeah. And I, you know, I think one of the biggest things we've seen too is being able to be fully clothed in it, you know, removing yeah. clothing is a, is a, a safety thing for some people. And it, and it, you know, I think also the advantage of you're wrapped up and held the whole time and warm. So, you know, with massage, we're always um, layering down and then we, you know, get cold and you kind of feel like you're going distracted again and you come out of your happy place. And so I think that, you know, that's been a huge advantage, but um, in the sense of giving that pause and that, that peaceful moment to be with self and full acceptance. But, you know, one of the other things we saw, you know, when it came back to after two, three sessions, people wanted to do something for themselves. Like, you know, whether it was, oh, I'm going to start drinking you know, green tea now instead of as much coffee and, um, or what's this thing about meditation? Is it good? And, you know, I've heard yoga is really good. You know, when you're talking frontline people, this is quite significant, you know, and, and it's, and so, but even in clinic, you know, people are going, you know, I'm actually going to really look at, you know, I think I want to do the whole organic thing. I understand it now. And, it, it's like that, you know, um, when you start to lose a little bit of weight, all of a sudden you want to keep going because it's like, oh, my, you know, I'm really, but, you know, when you sort of plateau and nothing's happening, you kind of give up because it's like, well, everything I'm doing is not working. Yeah. And this is the same with stress. It's like you get to a certain point, you're going, well, I just got to survive because, you know, if I let anything drop right now, I'm going to fall apart. And so you just maintain this rhythm and that's where, you know, getting the great thing about the suit is you, you don't, unless you're, you know, certain situations, you don't get a massive Herx response, except you need to sleep for 24 hours or sometimes 48 hours, right? You know, some people just hit the wall and want to sleep. And, um, but, you know, that's kind of the, one of the worst outcomes that you might get. Um, and so you, to me, it's more about if someone has no reference point of stress, and then becomes aware of their reference point of stress, then we can make change, right? And it, it, it's about, then you get choice again, because as we've talked about normalizing it, as we all do it, I mean, you know, I only had you the other day get bad and you love your mode two and I got you into mode one. And, you know, within the second, third day of me seeing you again, it was like, wow, just there was such a calmness again. And, you know, I'm trying to get in a fortnight, we call it fortnightly here, you're every other week. And um, because I've just found it allows me to recenter and, you know, be calm and present because, you know, we've got 20,000 things on the roll at the moment. And, um, and to be effective, but also to practice what I preach, <laughs> it's kind of important that I try to remember where the stress sits in my world and how I manage it. And to all the listeners out there, hey, I haven't got it right either. You know, I don't have it perfect. I have my days. And Steve, my partner, will be the first to tell you that. But, um, you know, I'm, you know, uh, having the awareness to the minute I even feel an inkling of overwhelmed again, I know, because I've had my heart rate at 100 resting due to an electric shock. I've known what it's like to be dysregulated in my autonomic function and wished I had had flow preso four years ago when it was at its worst. I mean, 
for me, that's probably why we ended up with Flowpreso, unbeknown to me at the time that, you know, you develop something because you, you needed it first yourself. So I know what it's like to have lived and breathed the um, effects of autonomic dysregulation. And, you know, that is why now my world is so different having it regulated. And I'm incredibly grateful that I, um, you know, I had a number of incredible practitioners, yourself and Dr. Jeff Drobot, that all came to my rescue at a point of life where I needed it and guided me. But I had to self-learn and it was tough. It took me two years to regulate that heart rate. And that was with everyone's guidance. And it wasn't that simple. Whereas now the minute my heart rate goes up, I'm back in that suit three sessions once a week and I can bring it back down and regulate it again. And that's massive for me who's who was physically hurt by an electric shock to my heart that caused my issue and a lot of stress. So, you know, stress was a big problem at that time for me as well. And I managed the stress. I got that sorted in my life. I, but I still had that dysregulation. It was like my body wouldn't recognize I was okay again. It was like my body didn't know how to flip that switch back. And well, the that's reference what, point, as you were saying earlier, the reference point was missing, right? Yes. It's like, and I love that terminology. I don't mean to interrupt, but I, that reference point, I think is so key because we lose sight you know, and oftentimes I'm doing a lot of these coaching programs right now. And they're like, stop looking forward at what you haven't accomplished that yet. And start looking back at where you were three weeks ago, three months ago, whatever, as a reference point. Because if you're always looking forward at what you haven't accomplished yet, you're going to be stressed and overwhelmed. And how am I going to get it all versus, well, look at how much more you've come. And, and that it's like what you were saying earlier with the layers of stress. I think we, we, for, we, because it's gradual that the stress adds on. You know, I mean, at five, we go to school and they start telling us that we got to get good grades and that's where the stress comes. And, you know, it's all this. And then you, oh, well, you got to go to college and how are you going to pay for it? And, you know, maybe you had some other injuries in there. These are all stresses that the bodies are dealing with. And then you get out on your own and you've got to pay for that cell phone bill and you got to pay for that car and insurance and all the other things. And it's like, oh my gosh, I want to go back to when I was a kid and I didn't have all these stressors but there were still stressors. And then you get married, that's a stressor. And you have kids and that's a stressor and they're all positive stressors, but there's still stressors and it layers on, right? And then your reference point for being relaxed is, you know, it's vacation. And in the United States, that's what two weeks a year for most people for a week. And what I noticed is that when I first took my first three week vacation in my life, it was eight days before I stopped checking my cell phone to have a new reference point. Now it does not take me that long anymore, as you well know. And when I'm off, I'm off. I stop checking my cell phone, I'm good. But it's it's that, and, and I say it all the time, Flo Prezzo has, I've learned through meditation, through relaxation techniques that I could relax. I didn't know how to relax until Flo Prezzo. I learned how to open my heart with Sound of Soul, but I stay relaxed with Flo Prezzo and I stay open with my heart by continuing to listen to my sound of soul. But I, like, it's a need for me to do Flopresso. It's not a request. And I, I've said for the last year and a half, I couldn't run as hard as I did if it wasn't for Flopresso. And I don't know, this may um, put some links in the category for you in the last two months, but I went three weeks without doing a Flopresso because when I was doing all that traveling to Florida and South Carolina, it was the first time in a year and a half, I hadn't done a flow preso for three weeks. 
and I was out of control. Would we all agree? Those that were around <laughs> me at that point. And, and that, and I started to do flow program two when I went back to it. And when you switched me to program one last week, I did an hour of program one of myself for the second one on Sunday. And I have felt so much less overwhelmed in general as I felt when I was doing all that traveling and it, it just started vacillating and I couldn't find my new reference point. And like she said, I had to be called out on it by her to go, Hey, cause I was training. I was like, Oh, program two. I only do program two. She's like, Oh, really you got rigid with program two. Did you go back to program one? <laughs> and it changed. And, you know, we need guidance from within. Sometimes we can't see the forest from the tree. We need guidance from without. And flow Prezo does bring us to that self-awareness that at least I find that I crave. Let, that's why I call it an entrainment because I crave that level of relaxation at this point in my life. And it took two of you Scorpios, I on one side and you on the other to go, oh, this is what relaxation and, and rest and recovery is about. Here you go. We know that you think you understand the parasympathetic system, but here's what it's really like. And I think... I feel as per our conversation the other day, now that people are talking about sympathetic and parasympathetic, they need to experience parasympathetic because so many practitioners talk about it, but don't actually experience it. And we saw this at our training last weekend when we were doing node release, one of our practitioners, new practitioner to this world, she talks the language, she gets it. It was two days of therapy before she sat up after somebody worked on it, it was like, I think I just experienced the parasympathetic system for my first time. And she went from talking like this and really high and really intense to talking like this and really like barely could move her lips as she was trying to talk because she was so incredibly relaxed and she started pooping. Yeah. She, you know, cause constipation, maybe we talk about it right here on the podcast rather than on my question last night. Cause I went to bed early. I can't wait to unfold that with you, but constipation is often people holding on to their stuff correct emotionally and physically in the lymphatics we talk about lymph is letting go yes it is and being in the parasympathetic i know you're trying to prove this and we appreciate that if when you get into the lymphatic work does it create your parasympathetics to turn on or by putting you in the parasympathetic state does it cause your lymphatic movement to occur i say yes to both of those <laughs> But what is it is so in research there is research to prove that it improves the vasculature so the uh, the way the actual capillary in america or capillary here in new zealand uh, like, oh you said it the american way what is going on look at me um and so you know there is proof that the parasympathetic does improve the flow the function of the lymphatic vessels my thing is, though, from years of working with lymphatics, is that the minute you start to engage that lymphatic drainage, someone goes deeper and faster into parasympathetic. So there is definitely something in that. And we haven't quite found any research through science, but, you know, we only found out about lymphatics, so the lymph in the brain, only two, three years ago now. And so, you know, it will, you know, it'll be interesting to see in the future. And that's why with the, you know, with using flow preso, you know, and using compression, um, we're trying to engage that. But the interesting thing is when we ever actually do abdominal hands-on work, um, over the years, what we found is we got you either pooping 
or if you have going through and you had diarrhea or you had a, a gut issue due to chemo or anything like that, it actually slowed that right down. And, and we know from um, the lymphatics in the digestive area and especially the GALT, so um, in the sense of, you know, that's where 70% of our immunity is, is that the minute you stimulate lymph, you get a change to the way the body does let go. And I was at a conference once and I was speaking in the States and I was talking about the pooping and, um, you know, how it's so vital for us to let go and from a lymphatics and what happens. And um, the guy got up afterwards that was in next. He says, I don't think I've any, ever heard anyone talk so much about pooping before. I think I'm calling you the poop queen. And, um, <laughs> but it's so, you know, people normalize, you know, every other day that that's okay but to, you know, have a bowel motion. And so, you know, the minute someone isn't having regular bowel motions tells me also that they're under a lot of stress. And I mean, a lot of it can be food, don't get me wrong, but there's also a lot of stress going on and the body is not processing and letting go. So when we, yeah, when we get you in the suit, you know, you're going to poop. It's, it's, we want your kidneys and bowel working correctly. Well, and I think that, you know, the parasympathetic system is, is, um, de defined to help you digest, rest and relax, digest, rest and relax. And I know so many people that walk in and go, I don't, I eat organic. I take probiotics. I take enzymes. I've had my amalgams out. I've detoxified and yet I'm full of parasites and I can't poop. And I'm like, what? And, and I know intuitively that it comes from stress, that it comes from stinking thinking, that it comes from the overactive mind, which sets up the environment in the body, which is more acidic, which parasites love, if that's what you're dealing with, or heavy metals or spirochetes, they all love that. The toxins love the acid. And when you're in de-stress mode, when you're relaxed mode, you're alkaline. And you don't have to drink alkaline water to make that happen. You can breathe through your nose. Mm -hmm. Well, breathing is one of the best ways to stimulate. Correct breathing is the best way to stimulate parasympathetic and and, and, and the lymph. Yes. And the lymph. So Correct. go ahead. I, I just want to bring you back to the you know what you think you create the thought process. You know, we've both done some work. You know, with the Dr. Joe Dispenza and his um, and he and he does explain it very well. The whole um, aspect of how worrying or thinking about something in the future will engage your autonomic function into a stress response. And, you know, so you're stressing and worrying about a meeting the next day, your body can't differentiate that you're not actually in that meeting. It can't work out that you're running from the mammoth as we talk about. Um, and so it's gonna engage the body's autonomic response. So even understanding that relationship to what you think, and how you're thinking is going to also impact on that autonomic function and the regulation because the body won't, the brain won't differentiate that you're not actually in a fight flight situation because it, you know, it's got no reference in that regard. So you can be just sitting at a, at a chair, right? Stressing about what the boss is going to say tomorrow. And you're, you're actually engaging adrenal responses, cortisol, all sorts of behaviors because the body thinks you're under stress and it's got to get you prepared to fight flight. And that's where I think 
people need to understand too that you know what we think we do create and you know it is a big concern around autonomic regulation and what we speak in retelling our stories and our traumas and our dramas and the things that have happened to us and the oh what was me's and the the constant talk not just the talk up here but the talk that actually comes out of your mouth that reinforces that stress pattern that keeps you right there and and i know that it's challenging when you walk into a clinic and you want to tell them how you feel but at the same time you don't want to reinforce it there are certain ways to do that versus what i often hear a lot which is my this and my that and i don't do this well and my body doesn't work for me and this that and the other thing and it's like whoa like you know stop telling yourself that because all you have is the truth your body has to give you the truth it does not it will not create falsities. It will make truth happen because that's the reality of how things occur. And the Joe Dispenza, I'm just giving him a shout out because we both have done a lot of his work, Desiree, a bit more than I have. But there's a book, How to Break the Habits of Being You, that I highly recommend out of all his books, which explains not only how this works, but how you can physically make changes and make habitual changes, those behavioral changes, because you cannot medicate yourself out of what your behavior locks you into. Yes. And for me, flow prezzo is that entrainment to get you out of the habits or make you aware of that, those habits and be able to make those changes because you're more in a relaxed state. You have that body self-awareness to be able to make those shifts and that for me is what Flow Prezzo has done for so many of our clients is created a shift in the tissue, a shift in the emotions, a shift in their uh, nervous system, a shift in their awareness. It, it's a shift unit. <laughs> I call it a reset. It's kind of like, you know, you defrag a computer you know, and you want to reset it back to functioning more correctly, right? It's got more power. It does all the things, you know, it's got rid of all the old stuff. And, and it's very similar to that. You're kind of giving someone a reset. So if you go back to living the same life with the same environment of factors and doing the same mind talk and all that stuff, you're going to end up back in that position again, because nothing's changed. Whereas if you get a reset and you go, you know what, I want to do this next one differently. I want to do this next process of my life differently I want to empower me to make choices that are valuable to me then real change starts to occur so that's what we see you know a lot with the flow preserve someone gets reset and then they're at a they've got a regulation now they're at a baseline where they can start to make significant change rather than you know it's like that was it saying um you know, when you go to repeat the same um, the same process and expecting a different outcome, you know, if you go back to that life that you were living, expecting a different outcome, it won't happen. But if you go into life going, you know what, I'm, I'm calm now, I can step back, I can view it for what it is, I can start making changes, even if it's just starting to walk, you know, going out walking. I mean, every little thing makes a difference to empower you because this just keeps coming back to you like where do you see the value in you you know I see the value in me that I want to be here for another 20 years I want to be healthy I want to enjoy my life so I need to put time into me because this was what it comes back to we're only facilitators as practitioners 
We can we are not in any way. I don't care who you are in the world as a practitioner. You can be awesome at what you do, but the person has to be wanting to make the change. And we need to empower the person to do the change. And then when the change occurs, they have these incredible changes in their lives because they are the one that really has to do the work at the end of the day. They're the one that has to do all the changes. And, you know, that's why it's so important to bring someone, to give them a moment to reset, to see a new normal, and then they can walk from there. And that's, you know, I mean, if that's the gift we've given with Flow Prezzo, this is to me is awesome because every decision they make forward, and we need these practitioners still, we need these facilitators because some of us have got ourselves in that much trouble. We need more than just a Flow Prezzo, but if we can get someone back to a reset where they can actually now make those really strong directive self-care choices, then you know that's when the practitioners come in and, and are giving you the support and advice and encouragement. And next minute you're able to move forward a lot faster because we stopped the fight flight or freeze mode or survival mode that's constantly trying to hold you together but is actually making you fall apart. Because the reality is that everything we do is a lifestyle. You know, what we teach is lifestyle changes. And so that you're not reinfecting yourself all the time with your influences, because the body has to compensate for all that. And our lifestyle choices and our habits create belief systems and our habits and those belief systems drive the nervous system to behave in a certain way. And if you want something to change, then you've got to change. If you want things to get better, you've got to get better. There's no practitioner, she said. There's no lotion, no pill, no anything that's going to make you better. They can give you information and you can take action on that information to make better choices, to make better lifestyle choices. But we show up every day in our lives for us. Like personally, I show up for me. And then after I show up for me, I can then and only then be there for everybody else. And that was not my way <laughs> for many years. That was not my way. It was the exact opposite. I gave for everybody else. And at the end of the day, if there was anything left, I might do something for myself. And I was, I've never sworn on my podcast. I was a bitch on wheels. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now I can still be that bitch, but I'm not on wheels anymore. And, and I'm not a bitch. I'm just really um, clear and, and, and direct. And because I don't feel that we have time, I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste time. I want to give from my heart, give from love, give directness. And, and I want to give to myself so that I can then keep giving to others. And, and that's what I love to do. And why I'm so honored to represent Flo Prezzo, because I now not only get to do that for my clients, but I get to share that with all my colleagues and all their practices and all their clients, because bringing people back to that awareness of who they are and their, their recentering, it truly is a gift of the present moment. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, you know, for me, you know, I may have been the, the person behind um, developing this, but, you know, it's just, I am, so grateful and so honored to have the people that have come on board and you know both here in New Zealand and in the world to offer this to others because you know at a time right now where we are all finding our challenges going on with the world the way it is um 
you know, to get the stories that we get in, you know, uh, every day we're, you know, we're receiving feedback from someone and it's the most um, humbling but beautiful thing to experience, I must admit, like, you know, there's not many days where a tear isn't shed at the thought of we've changed someone's life because we just brought them back to that regulation again and gave them a chance to feel again. And um, so, you know, for me, I, I it's, um, you know, it's, don't get me wrong, the workload is excessive and creating a business out of New Zealand, you know, we're a little country, we, you have to work 10 times as hard to achieve something, but, um, you know, that's what gets me through every day is the change that we're making, because again, it's just giving someone a chance to recenter and as you say, come back to self. And that to me is the greatest gift is empowering someone. And where is the research going? Like, yes, we're empowering people and we're talking more about the philosophy a little bit of Floprezo, but, and let's get to the physiology of Floprezo because when this whole thing started out, it was like, hey, we want something for fascia, Desiree, not just lymphatics, go find us something that does that and helps somebody be more parasympathetic because when a practitioner's in the room, they just won't shut up and they don't really get into deep parasympathetic and you send us this machine, Drobot and myself, and we do HRVs on it. And we're like, Des, you got to have it wrong. Like, what is going on? There's too big of a shift in the parasympathetic after one 40-minute session. And Drobot and I both found the same thing. And you were finding the same thing, all with Nerve Express. And then I now call it the sleep machine, the hugging machine, the sleep machine, the love machine, whatever you want to call it. It's all those. I'm begging her to change the tagline, hug you, love you, and leave. That's what I want for the president to be, hug you, love you, and leave. But really, like, what is the research telling you and what has it shown you, like from these first responders to the average person, perhaps, and, and where are you headed with the research? So the research we've done to date, um, which, we, you know, we have a student officially involved and she's going to be doing her thesis and this will be published, all going well by October. But, um, you know, what we're finding is you know, as part of this, you have to do a lot of literature review and you have to identify, you know, how can you connect the dots to what we're seeing to then what is actually being done or we know of. So, you know, a lot of what we're seeing is um, what we've been targeting specifically is sleep, um, stress, mood, anxiety, feeling. So the feeling score is a range of, you know, zero, um, you know, I'm Superman superwoman or nine you know we call you I think you're 999 aren't you in the US we're 111 like call the paramedics the whoever we need we're in trouble and so you know our results are significant in the sense of um, they have a certain uh, what they call a Cohen effect which is how well you're doing in our results and we are very up there and um, so we're getting you know, it's very exciting to see it's different. So what we're doing is with this is once we get these things through, then we will be looking more deeply at the um, things like the deep pressure therapy um, and the changes to things like cortisol and you know, from cortisol, adrenaline, all those sorts of things. And because we're trying to actually explain why we're getting the responses we are and because they're quite extreme I mean you know a woman all of a sudden that couldn't move her shoulders and arms and uh, you know, for two years and now two sessions she's got full range of motion 
you know, there's a thing, there's a lot going on. We've been looking at EEG testing, which is brainwave testing to see what actually happens in the brain. And we're doing a lot more with that with the doctor in Dunedin. Um, and so we're going to start to really go deeper into the information um, or into the physiology changes that we're seeing. So, but at this point currently right now, our primary focus has been on sleep, uh, stress, anxiety, mood, and feeling so that we can start to show those changes. Right, and, and that's what we talked about today is sleep and mood and anxiety. Like this is the, the pandemic of which they're projecting, which I would agree with you. I mean, I, I don't know the research, but prior to COVID, I mean, we were having teenagers, 10 year olds coming in with anxiety and lacking sleep and digestive problems and failing no passion in their life, whether they're 40 or, or 25 and feeling lost and, and these all bring anxieties to people. And then, and then COVID hit. And we were concerned about a lot of our clients stuck at home, being lonely. And, and I'll say this, like I spent the last seven days in my home. I come to the office when they're here. I'll say that I'm in my home. My family's in South Carolina. I have never spent so much alone time since I was 20 because I haven't been seeing clients. And I said to I'm today, I was like, listen, I've chosen for you to be my family. And there are times that I want to, you know, run away from my family because you guys are both driving me crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to get to Pennsylvania by myself for a week. But this week and the amount of lack of distraction that I've had have given me space and time to think more than I typically do have that opportunity. And it has felt like five weeks that I have not seen Ian and Silas. It has been the longest week of my entire life since I've been with Ian because he feels, and, and I still have like six more days before I'm with them, but I'll be distracted for the next five days because I'll be at a training. So that'll be good. But it, I cannot imagine what people that have really been isolated in this last 18 months, how they actually feel. And my heart please, if you feel that way, call the office and we will make it work for you with Flopresso because that sucks to feel lonely and isolated like that. And you, I don't know if it was you or Rasmus today started talking about isolation because I, you and Rasmus, it's like my day of glory. I get to interview her and Rasmus on the same day. Hopefully you guys get to listen to this maybe a week apart only. Um, but isolation is exactly what this last 18 months has been about and it creates anxiety and stress and and flopresso is the opposite of isolation and someday that's why i probably spent an hour in flopresso because i was like well i got nothing else to do i i like being right here this is way better <laughs> right here is without having to feel like i was working or doing whatever but I don't know. I didn't have a point to that. Just rambling generally. Well, it's just, um, just to end off some of the research that we've done is around the whole um, hug yeah. and, and the effects of hugs. And there's a considerably and large amount of research. And as we've all learned with Flopreso, a lot of people come out and say, oh, I feel like I've been hugged all over. 
Now with the lack of touch that's gone on more than ever, we were raised as babies to be hugged and held. We were held in a womb. We were held all the way through as if, if you were fortunate enough, you were hugged and loved all the way through as a child and it made you feel safe. And as adults, we become a little less, you know, huggy because that's just society and what it is. But you usually have your immediate family friends that you would have a hug with. Well, that was taken away as well. So when you look at, um, you know, a lot of the literature around hugging it is absolutely incredible what it does you know they I think there was a woman didn't she say four for survival eight for um I think it was eight for uh some acceptance and then like 12 for growth like 12 hugs a day would allow you to grow as a person you know in the sense of um you know the the safety and the confidence and who you were and so there's actually a lot of research and we're using quite a bit of that as part of the literature that we're going to be leaning on because it actually explains why a lot of people come out of flow preso the way they do because we're literally like you say hugging them you know and it's every part of your body and you know you know for some there you know from a a medical point of view they're going what you know but if you look at deep pressure therapy they're using that a lot for autistic kids for ADHD and we've got you know those heavy blankets now we've got the sheets to bind you into and people just feel wrapped and held I mean as a baby you were wrapped a lot of you know in the young days you were bound right it's it's all those things that our receptors or our um the fibers you know within our skin yeah that, that's what we've, it's a reference point coming back to. Peter Martoni, Dr. Martoni and I were talking yesterday about the neck nest and how when you're first sleeping on your back, how incredibly vulnerable you feel and how unsafe you feel and how much I personally struggled that when I first started sleeping on my back and how he had suggested a weighted blanket. And I did, I just took, actually, I just took a pillow and I put a pillow over my chest and I was like, okay, that's way better. And, you know, it's, these are, this is the habits, the habitual changes you can make that make such impactful changes in your life that you maintain control over yourself and you're no longer the, was it, what are those puppets called with the strings? Menuet puppets? Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like so many people are. Their, their strings are just being pulled by these extraneous life situations. And they're just like, oh, okay, I move this way. No, no, I move this way. And there's no real control over how they actually respond to life because they're not in connection with this. They've got strings. Floprezo cuts your strings and allows you to move forward without all these reactions happening. Because you let go. And, you, you know, from a clinician's perspective, when you create this compression, I don't know how that couldn't move the lymph. So I'm, yes, it's this wonderful machine that puts us to deep state of relaxation. As a clinician, I've got to imagine that that is helping move the lymph. And when I move the lymph, I let go. Yes. Emotionally letting go. (sighs) I can't wait to hug you in person. I can't either. Bring on the opportunity to travel. (laughs) One of the best hugs I ever get is from Desiree, actually. I can remember the last one at 921. Actually, it was a quite long hug and we kicked other people out of the room. (laughs) Well, I was always trained you hugged heart to heart. We often hug the other way. Do you ever notice that people always 
So right, um, right versus left. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, you've taught me that. I've anybody that comes in the flow prezzo knows it's left to left or don't hug me because I don't, I won't even do it the other way. It's like, I've trained myself now that if I'm going right to right, then I don't really want to hug you. And so I'm not going to connect with you. <laughs> I want to go left to left because I want to connect with you. And that's why I want to hug you. Well, maybe we should be encouraging that in the world right now. Anyone on this podcast, next person you want to hug, hug left to left, connect the heart to the heart. And, and it will feel very unusual to start with. But once you hold and just be present with that experience, it is significant. And if I think the world right now, everyone just gave each other a hug, we might oh. see a big shift. Energetically, let alone physically. I challenge everybody listening to this to see if you can hug 12 people a day, left ear to left ear, and then comment back to us and let us know how it goes. And let's pay this forward and see if we can't create an exponential, um, I forget what Ian wants me to call it, a reaction that moves very fast throughout the world that we're no longer calling viral because that's created such a connotation with it these days. But let's create an exponential growth factor for hugging and see if we can't just shift the energy in the world in, in a in a fortnight yeah i'm in and then I'm, we can do a hug summit on the reality of why it's so important <laughs> yes a hug summit we'll get siobhan to do that for us <laughs> well look oh. i'm honored yet again to be part of this thank you for bringing this to the world and um and for all the podcasts and amazing people that come on board and uh for anyone and everyone that's listening thank you for your time and uh if you get an opportunity give flow Prezo a go and to see what it can do for you and um and yeah remember to empower self so thank you for creating flow Prezo, for being my sister for keeping me connected to my heart and I have one last question for you. It's new for my podcast. If you've been listening, um, you have an opportunity to have a microphone and stand on top of the world and everybody has to listen to you. What is the secret that you would give out to everybody that you've learned in your life thus far? Wow. Um, it comes back to empowerment for me. I truly believe if you can allow someone to see the potential of themselves and um, the ability to have the courage to embrace who they are here to be and acknowledge and love their individuality of themselves that's the secret to the change to the world letting everyone be that individual within a community and honoring every individual for who they are and how they are and why they are so non-judgment acceptance that would bring a beautiful world. I can't talk <laughs> because that's exactly what she did for me. Yeah, and you're beautiful. <laughs> She's held the space for me to allow me to see my potential with a few others. And the change that you've all seen in me has been a multi-causational experience. It's not from one thing that causes one thing, but this sister has helped me see that. So truly from our heart to yours, I thank you. Thank you, Desiree. And I love you all. <laughs>
Thank you.